What's up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing. Me, Thomas Brandon, and Keith Bradley. As always, Keith, how's it going? What is going on? Oh, not much. You know, just uh, hanging in there, and you know, sweating off, you know, a few pounds a day out here in uh, California. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're doing the same thing in Indiana. It's yeah. a little cooler. It cooled off a little bit, but it ain't gonna last long. Yeah, we actually have a little bit of a cool down coming. Last night was the first night in, God, like over a week where we didn't have to run like the air conditioner the whole freaking night. Uh, it kind of it actually cooled off enough to where we could turn on the whole house fan. So it's gonna it's only supposed to be like ninety five today, as opposed to one hundred and seven or whatever it's been. So that's a that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah same same here. Like. Our AC usually stops running at about six, seven o'clock. Takes a break till about noon the next day, and then it just freaking runs all day. Yep, it sucks. Absolutely, I hate, hate it. it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And the only thing I can think of is my electric bill. Oh my god! And higher and higher. Oh my god! It it like it gives me ulcers to think about. It really does. It's just yeah, I. I think summer sucks. I I think summer is so overrated. <laughs> it really is, man. It it really is. Like there's I can count on one hand the number of like good things about like things that I enjoy about summer. It there's not a lot. And I can no, have fingers my left list over. Is very short. Yeah, exactly. I know these people are like, well, you know, cookouts and barbecues. Dude, I can do that in the spring or the fall. I don't need it to be a hundred and ten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need it to be 110 to bust out the barbecue. I mean, like, dude, give me a break. I, I don't. And think... then just to just to sweat your ass off even more. Yeah, exactly. You and then like... be miserable before you eat. Yeah. I'm yeah, out. I'm out. dude. I'm we good. went to we went to a birthday party last weekend for um my my wife's niece, and dude, it was 110 outside. There's like 40 of us, and they had had these um these people come like that you hire, you know, they're not like caterers, but they come and they'll make like tacos. They set up almost like a taco stand there. And so they've got all these different meats and they've got the, the grills, you know, and the tortillas, all this stuff, right? All this food. Well, dude, those things put off because it's like a commercial size load of heat. Yeah. When it's already hot, like, and you're just out there literally dripping sweat. And it's like, who, who thinks this time of year is fun? I it's like just, getting a cheeseburger so. with a side order of sweat on it. Yeah, okay. dude, it's horrible, man. So yeah, I, I freaking hate summer. I don't. If it could, sucks. I think it. I think I said it last week. If it could stay right between fifty and seventy year round, no humidity. Yep. It'd be perfect. Yep. That's to me. That's heaven. I don't want to get into a theological dispute or argument with people out there whatever your beliefs are they're your they're your beliefs but to me when i die if i go to heaven heaven is somewhere around 55 to 65 degrees <laughs> yeah that's yep. that's that's heaven no humidity and it's perfect and i can go to the you know the big racetrack in the sky and not have to worry about sweating my ass <laughs> watching cars go around the track so yep. yeah okay. i'm with you I hate it's it. like going to a racetrack in the summer, like right now. Yeah. You, you fight people just to get in shade. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I remember we went to one track 
um, was it Stockton? It's like Stockton or Madeira. And I was like, hey, man, you guys never thought about planting trees around this track? Well, they're like, well, it wouldn't do much good for us now. No, you're right. It wouldn't. But how about you plant them anyways? Because maybe in 10 years, we'll have some shade. Like, dude, why didn't you guys yeah. like you've got a concrete jungle here. You got all this like these like dirt, you know, curbing sections that is just filled up with dirt. Put some trees in there, man. Give us some shade, something. That's why I like going to the foreground because it's right there in the fall. It's not too hot during the day, and it's not too cold during the night to where you throw a sweatshirt on it. When the sun goes down, you're comfortable. I mm -hmm. love it. It's perfect. If we could do that year-round, it'd be great, but yeah. unfortunately, we can't. Yeah, exactly. So, well, we've established once again that we hate the heat. Now, speaking of heat and I, crazy I tell you who weather. who likes the heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. We're going to get into that. Uh, but first, we got to we got to talk about the craziness that was the NASCAR race because that was uh, just insane. Um, what did they have? Three delays because of lightning strikes or something like that? I mean, it, it, two or three of them. Um, I know that the race had got delayed so much. I had to stop watching it. I ended up having to finish it um, later that night um, be because it just. It went on forever. I mean, you know, kudos to the people in the stands who stuck that oh, out. Absolutely. You are a hardcore fan. Um, that's just tip of the hat to you because that is not an easy thing to do. When you go to the racetrack and you're there all day long, it's tough. Because we, we went through that years ago in Las Vegas. Um, we got there and the race had started and then it started sprinkling, right? And keep in mind, we're in the desert it's a freaking desert like rain's not one of those things that should be happening but we had rain come in so they stopped the race they delayed it we're sitting there waiting around they start it back up right they get past halfway and then it starts raining again and you're sitting there waiting and we were like look man i don't we don't know if we're ever going to get to come here again we're going to wait until this thing's done and we waited around for like an hour and a half before they finally called the race and i was like all right we're out of here you know, so it's it's tough to sit there and just wait, not wait and not knowing, you know, whether or not they're going to finish the race. But they did. They ended up finishing it off. Um, it took them a long time. And when it was all said and done, Chase Elliott got the win at Nashville. Um, Keith, what was your thoughts on the race, man, overall? Um, it was really good. I thought the racing was really good. Uh, I think the only person that probably didn't like it was Kyle Busch's crew chief. I still can't figure out why them guys pitted with five to go. And, but overall, I mean, outside of the delays, it was really good. The racing was good. Um, it was one of them hot, slick tracks. Mm -hmm. And I like that. And that's one thing that I do like about this car, um, especially on tracks where they can build some momentum going into the corners you see legitimate you know slide job type passes where these guys are literally driving it in deep and they're just basically sliding up in front of the car uh in front of them or behind them you know they're just sliding up for that position and nashville super speedway is a really unique track um it's it's one of those wide tracks you look at it and you're like man it's banked um but you have to really slow down in those corners in fact those guys were downshifting through the corners yeah there was a lot of shifting going on and what really surprised me is some guys could make the top work 
I was, I was, I was blown mm-hmm. away that they were actually running up air because years past they didn't. Yep. I mean, years ago when they first started running there, they really didn't. And, uh, I think it, it, the track definitely widened out as the race progressed as rubber was laid down. Yes, it did. I, I think overall that helped make the racing that much better, but yeah, the racing did five, get better. The, the only thing I, I question is them guys pitting at the end. I, I don't understand it because you took yourself potentially a win away, a top five and a top 10. Cause I mean, hell Truex had one of the fastest cars, Kyle Busch, same thing. And running in the top five, running in the top 10 to go to finish 20th and 21st. Mm-hmm. I just, it, that part blew me away because with the new car, it it's almost like a total opposite of the old car with the old car. You, they probably would have gained a shitload of spots there at the end with the new car. I don't even think it matters anymore. No, it, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't seem to. And if it does matter, it's so slight um, that I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, in the grand you're not going to, you're not going to get that big, uh, big boost of, of speed like you did mm-hmm. before if guys stayed out. Yeah. Cause I mean, hell they're even guys are showing that you can stay out and for the most part it works for the most part. Yeah. Well, and that's because I think the, the clean air factor with these cars oh, sure. is such a big deal. And I do think that's going to change. I don't think that's cause I've been, I've heard people complaining about that and I don't think that is something that we're going to see forever. I, that will go away. The more that these guys work, you know, we've talked about this before, these NASCAR teams, these engineers, all this stuff like this, these guys have never, never had anything like this car, right? Underbody aero, you know, underbody aerodynamics, underbody downforce has never been a consideration for these guys. Never. It's always been overbody always been over body and i think that these teams are still figuring this stuff out once they get these things really figured out and you know dialed in when it comes to the underbody and that that diffuser in the rear and how they can really start tuning and working that thing i think you're going to see much better racing with these cars because right now like you you're right it's it's clean air if you can stay you can stay out be clean air and even on older tires it doesn't matter right because you've got that cleaner air um, you're going to be able to really run that much better than those people behind you. It's one of the reasons why we've seen such good racing at certain tracks. You know, I mean, this last weekend, once the track widened out and we had multiple grooves, the racing was way better. And it's just because you get to a point where it's where it's almost there is no fastest line. It's just run where the other person isn't. You know, you saw Martin Tricks Jr. numerous times on, you know, on those restarts and stuff where he would be up top and he was just gone. Just, I mean, he would just walk him. So yeah. and just putting your car where the other guys aren't seems to be an advantage if you can get it to work there. And so it's made the, the racing obviously different than what NASCAR fans are used to. But overall, I think it's been a huge improvement. We've talked about it a lot. Um, especially at these bigger tracks, you know, these, these, uh, speedways and super speedways. So yeah, you know, once it widened out, it was good racing. You know, like you said, it was a, I don't know why those guys came in like that. Um, it just really cost them. Um, you know, uh, you look at another person who 
was actually able to come back and salvage a decent finish. Um, should have finished better, but Bubba Wallace, you know, that poor dude had been running like top 10 the whole day. And then that whole uh, caution issue comes out and he ended up dropping all the way back to like 24th or something. I mean, the fact that they were able to finish 12th was incredible. When, when do you think Denny Hamlin will wake up and get Bubba a better pit crew? Because I mean, time and time again, we've seen Bubba run really good inside the top 10, sometimes into the top five in the pit crew. Totally Bufar's. Yeah, I've. It's happened I, every. Yes, it has. It has. And I, I was actually trying to, when I was watching the highlights and I saw that happen, I was trying to figure out the last time a driver had been screwed over that much like that consistently that often by their crew yeah right because that doesn't normally when you're a top 10 driver you know you're a top 10 team that means that you're pretty much clicking on all cylinders right the crew chief knows what they're doing the team is good yeah you might have mistakes and scrubs every now and then but it's not a constant thing the the freaking 23 team those guys i i just don't get it it's almost a guarantee. Like if if Vegas had live odds on whether or not you can bet on the you know Bubba Wallace's team screwing up in the pits, I would take that bet because it's been a oh, constant thing every <laughs> single weekend. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I couldn't even come up with the team or, or think of one um, where it's been this consistent. Because like you said, dude, it's almost it's almost every week, every single week, and the weeks that they don't. You know, it's because he got into a wreck or something blue. Like they just didn't have enough laps to screw up. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. just didn't have the opportunity to mess up yet. So, so yeah, I I felt so bad for him, man, because he'd been running top ten all day long, and that was a legit top ten. You know, he was up there with Chastain and Larson and Truex and Bush and and Elliott and those guys. Like he had he had really good speed. Um, that's probably been one of the most impressive things that i've seen this season um is the track house and then the 2311 team what those teams have done in terms of with the new car and being kind of the new kids on the block right like it's it's these are it's not like they're hms joe gibbs racing you know i mean i know 2311 they've got ties to jgr but still overall there's a lot of stuff that they're doing on their own for them to be running as well as they do week in and week out is really a testament to, um, to what they've been. And, you know, although we just talked about the 23 team, just screwing things up consistently, the fact that they're able to put that kind of speed together is really a testament, uh, to their, to what they've been able to do, because it's been pretty impressive what those teams have been able to do, considering the fact that they are, like I said, like newer teams. Yeah, and, and and if I was Bubba, and I've seen guys kind of lashing out to Bubba about, oh, you need to calm down, your pit crew still has work to do, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but it keeps happening, and it keeps happening, and it keeps yes. happening. And, and, I, and I agree when a driver calls out their pit crew. They, they have every right to do so. A couple of years ago, if you lose that spot, you could get it right back. Nowadays, with the new car, it's a lot harder to pass. It's a lot harder to pick up than spots. So when you hear 
Bubba Wallace calling out his crew and, and telling his crew chief to leave me the fuck alone. And then, and then Harvick at Sonoma calling out his pit crew, calling them a bunch of wankers. I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta, these drivers are out making the team money. They're yes. out to do their job to win. It's the crew guys. It's the crew pit pit crews. It's their job to put all four tires on as fast as they can and put fuel in the car and keep them in the race. And if you have one mistake, your day's screwed. You're not going to get that them spots back. You might if you're early on in the race, but how many races do you think Bubba Wallace might have contended with as far as wins go, but wasn't for his pit crew? I oh, mean, dude, I can, without I can a doubt. think of four right without now. Without a doubt, yeah. And look, man, when you're in those cars, and here's the deal. I have never raced, obviously, a NASCAR or anything ever remotely even close to that. The only thing that I have ever raced is an outlaw cart. I'm actually hoping to do some cross-cart racing here very soon, but more to come on that later. But um, I've never been in any, any type of situation like that. But, you know, they did studies on road rage, right? Why do people get so pissed about the littlest, dumbest, most insignificant things when it comes to traffic and incidents on the road? And one of the the telltale signs, at least according to the doctors that had, you know, or the scientists, the people who are studying this stuff, what they had said was, is when you are operating at a faster speed, right? When you're driving, everything is increased. Right. So just imagine when you're going 65 miles an hour out here in California, you'd be doing like 85 miles an hour. Um, when you are going that fast, even if you're just cruising on the highway, everything is heightened to an an extra degree. Right. It's raised up a notch or two notches. And so when somebody cuts you off, right, like that just sends you over the edge. But that emotion is that much. It's that much more increased. Now, take that and multiply it by a factor of, I don't know, a thousand, right? Like you're going 175 miles an hour and you've got cars all around you that are within inches of you, right? Like that is a very high stress environment, intense environment. And when you're working your ass off, right, trying to literally, you know, put meat on the table, right? Like succeed at one of the most difficult things there is on earth. You know, driving a NASCAR, uh, years ago when they had a, uh, a poll, it wasn't a poll, but it was like a thing that they had done in like sports illustrated or something like that. They ranked the hardest things to do in all of professional sports. Number one, the most difficult thing to do in all of professional sports was hit a major league fastball, a 90, I think it was a 95 mile per hour major league fastball. The number two hardest thing to do was drive a race car, a NASCAR. I think it was like a NASCAR F1 car uh, or Indy car, like those, those, the top levels, right? So you're doing what is, you know, considered to be one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. And then you have stuff like this happen every freaking week. You know, I understand why the dude would get pissed. I understand why he would get upset. You know what I mean? Especially when you see your teammate having these phenomenal finishes week in and week out, right? Like that stuff's not happening to Kurt. Right. You know what I mean? And and Kurt's got the same speed as Bubba. And and that's the biggest thing. Like when, when 
I can't remember who was talking about it, about Bubba just needs to sit back and do his job. Bubba's sitting back doing his job. Yes. Bubba's been very yeah. impressive this year. His team is not but doing their job. His damn pit crew keep fucking up time yep. and time again. So therefore, yeah, it's going to get frustrating. I mean, not not just Bubba, but look at Kevin Harvick. He's on a two-year winless mm-hmm. streak going. Probably could have won at Sonoma. It, Daniel Suarez was fast. Uh, the 17 was fast, and the four was fast. Yeah. The four came in with the 17. They were, they were nose to tail, coming on pit road, and his pit crew fucked up. Yep. So I get I get the frustrations. You you're you're in the sport to win, and now you have a champion of the sport on the outside looking into the playoffs. Bubba Wallace, who is a people don't like it, but he's an icon to the sport. Yes, whether you absolutely. like it or not, absolutely, he, he is an icon to the sport on the outside looking in. And the only thing people can nitpick is, well, he just needs to shut up and do his job. No, no, he's doing his job. Yeah, he's had a lot of bad luck, but when you get put back with the guys that we're going to call squirrels because your pit crew has screwed up every pit stop of the day, and and, and here's what gets me. If it's under green, they, they screw up bigger. They, they, they How many times have you seen the 23 lose a wheel? Yeah. More times than none. So, Denny... You probably ain't going to listen to this podcast, but if you do, <laughs> sit your pit crew down. Yeah, get on it, please. Yeah, absolutely, because I feel like Bubba Wallace could win a race this year mm-hmm. and and legitimately win it because I know people give him hell because, yeah, he won a rain-shortened race. But he could, he could seriously go out and outdrive a lot of these guys and win one the hard way. But when your pit crew keeps letting you down, kind of hard to do that yeah yeah it is man because at the end of the day look it is a team it is a team sport it's absolutely a team sport you've got to have that team there to 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 do their jobs you know what i mean you do and um unfortunately those guys have just have not been holding up their end of the bargain these last few weeks man it's just been rough so yeah and 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 people compare the NASCAR teams to football teams. Well, Bubba Wallace's offensive line has been letting him down. Yeah, right now he's a quarterback getting his ass kicked every third down. Man. Yeah. So, and, and anybody that is, whether you're you're a racer or a race fan, it, it's frustrating to see. Oh yeah, definitely. It, yeah. I, it gets frustrating for me to watch, and I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan by any means, but. It gets frustrating because it's like, damn, that twenty three could could win this race, but we all know when pit stops happen, he's he's screwed. Yep. Yep. And 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 I get it. Denny Hamlin subcontracts JGR pit crews, and he's probably getting the B team or even the C team. But there's got to come point in time where Denny sits Joe Gibbs down and says, "Look, we got to do something different. Frick, give him my pit crew." Yeah, do something. Yep, do something. Because it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just not, not working, man. They got to get something oh. figured out because it's. Killing uh, and, them. 
And and the frustrating thing is, is that I don't think it's going to get any better for Bubba. I really don't. If it does, I'll be surprised. But what can you do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, congrats to Chase Elliott. Awesome win for him. Tough break for Bubba Wallace. Um, the race did take forever. It did. And, uh, I think I left for work. Yeah. They were under a red flag, got to work. They're still under a red. So I got to watch the whole thing, thank God. Yeah, I I didn't. I had to, like I said, I had to watch the highlights. Um, hey, and, uh, before we get away from the NASCAR stuff. Yeah. Did you catch what Dale Jr. said when he did the Dale Jr. download live from Nashville? No, I did not. So everybody knows Martin Truex Jr. is coming back for next year. He's not going to retire. Yeah. And Dale Jr. came out and said, I'd like to hire Martin Truex before he leaves to jumpstart our cup team. Oh, really? Yes. I caught that on, on his download. Whether it happens or not, we'll see. But Dale Jr. was like, yeah, I, I brought him up to the Xfinity series. He started with me. I'd like to see him end with me. Huh. You know, so that's something that's, to think about. That is. But, you know, there's a. There's a report on the front page of the NASCAR website that says uh, Junior Motorsports Kelly Earnhardt Miller, quote, we do not want to go cup racing. That's crazy. So it sounds like Dale Jr.'s mouth is <laughs> causing her to, to clear some stuff up. But I, you know, I didn't read the article. Um it sounds like it's, according to this, it's really more of a win than if. I know Junior Motorsports has talked about it, um, going cup racing. You know, that's the thing. When will they do it as opposed to if they do it? You know, um, the biggest issue is the... Because you, you, Junior Dale Junior was talking about it with Denny Hamlin um, when they got into the issue about with the charters. Because right now yeah. we don't see you know those open spots. Any team can just show up and run those, right? And and we don't see teams running those. And it has to do with primarily well, it has to do with the charter. Well, the guaranteed money to the charters. Yeah, and that's the thing. And and Denny Hamlin said something which was was really really true. He says. All well-run teams deserve to compete and earn a reasonable profit. And that's, that's, that's important. Um, you can't have these teams out there just losing money. The problem is, and we talked about this, what was it, last week um, in the Ask Three Wide section when, uh, when we got the question about having your race team as a, you know, a marketing business because that's what it is. Um, when your whole team is literally funded by sponsorships, you know, how many sponsorships do you have to have now to run a cup season, right? Like, I think Denny Hamlin said that they had 25 different primary sponsors for Bubba Wallace's team yeah. or car this yep. season. That's insane. Right. I mean, insane. think about it. Just how it wasn't that many years ago, right? Where you had Tony Stewart in the Home Depot car and Jimmy Johnson in the Lowe's car, Dale Jr. in the Budweiser car. You can't afford to do that no more. Even someone like Chase Elliott, right? 
who is a champion, just won the championship a couple seasons ago. He is the most popular driver in NASCAR. It's not like every week he's in the Napa car, right? They're constantly having to have different sponsorships on those cars just to pick up the tab for the year. So I yeah. think that's one of the biggest reasons why um, you're not seeing Junior Motorsports make that push so, because the cost is just, it's it, you can't quantify it yet. There's too much in the air, especially with the new TV deal and all that stuff like that coming up soon. And 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 talking about the charter i can't remember what it is where if you're a charter team you got to finish so high in the owner standings i think it's what 35th well yeah from my understanding of the way that the charter system works is, is you buy the charter and you're guaranteed one of those 35 spots well, or whatever and, it is and then you and have it, to finish it, there it's i don't know, it's com it's complex it came it came up when last season about Denny trying to get another charter um, that NASCAR can take charters away from teams if they finish so low in the points. So I'm sitting here looking at the owner's points. And I can tell you right now, the 51 and the 78, my eyes don't deserve charters. Because when's the last time you've seen the 78 finish a whole race? Yeah, exactly. So therefore, I feel like sell sell that charter, take that charter away, and give it to a team or a new team that's actually going to come in and and perform and not yeah. consistently run five laps this race and then oh my fuel pump went out or run ten laps this race. I mean, it's just a, a you're paying millions of dollars to basically start and park. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, and basically the the those charters are selling for millions. millions, millions of dollars. But that's the thing is that the charter guarantees entry into the race. So it's not like it used to be back when we were kids where like you had to show up and qualify. And if you didn't make the if you didn't qualify for the race, you weren't in the race. Right. Like. You had those guys, like you had, you know, provisionals where a Richard Petty or even like a Dale Earnhardt, right? If they had like a bad qualifying session, they were still going to be in the race because they're returning champions, right? They've, yeah. they've got a provisional that they can use. But now it's just the charter. You purchase a charter, you are guaranteed entry into that race, which guarantees you a portion of the purse. And that's really important. Right. And that was one of the biggest reasons that they were saying, well, um, we don't see these other teams trying to make the race. Right. Because we have there's what, 40, there's supposed to be 40 four. grid spots and there's 36 charters. Yeah. Yeah. 36 charters. So there's four spots that are open to anybody. Right. Like tomorrow, if if I hit the Powerball. Right. And I win four hundred million dollars and I want to go run at a NASCAR race, if I can buy all the parts, right, and if I can get everything put together, I can show up and, and try to qualify for one of those spots. Teams are not doing that, though, because they're not guaranteed any money in terms of purse money like you see with the charter system. And that's why they're not there. Right. So I don't and, know if it's just they should just create more charters to guarantee it and make them... Or like, just go away with the charters. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go away with the charters, though. No, unfortunately, they're not going to because... 
I mean, let's face it, live fast. They probably have an operating budget of just a little over a million, if I had to guess. And they could probably sell that charter for eight to ten million. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the thing, it's an investment, right? It's like it's yeah. it's like a it's like an NFL football team or an NBA franchise, right? You always hear these owners talking about how they how they're losing money. That is the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard, right? We just saw what the Denver Broncos sell for what was it, five billion dollars, right? Like to what Walmart? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So those franchises go up in value. It just consistently, it doesn't matter. The The price of them is insane. And those charters are the same way. So guaranteeing them a portion of the purse. I understand that because if you're going to run a NASCAR team, you do need to, you do need to have some idea in terms of budget, what you can reasonably expect to come in, in terms of your operating expenses, right? Like you've got to be able to do that. Obviously they're not going to live off a of purse alone, but you got to have the sponsorship money. Like all of that has to be taken into account. So I understand them keeping the charter system because it does say, Hey, look at worst, you're going to be guaranteed at least this much of the purse. Right? So it's something, right. it's not much, but it's something. So when you look at the, the system in totality with the purse and then the sponsorships or anything like that, I understand that. The problem is, is that when you've got these open spots, what do you do with them? Because people aren't using them, right? So, so you just make it, hey, look, there's 40 charters. There's 40 charters. That it. That's it. If you're not one of those four, if you don't have one of those 40 spots, you got to buy your way in, right? Do they do they make it like an like the NFL, where it's like, hey, look, man, uh, you got to either buy a team or you better convince the NFL to expand. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the right course of action is. So that's, well, they probably don't either. They don't. That's why they haven't. <laughs> that, and that's the thing. That's why they haven't. That's why they haven't done anything about it. Right. And look like. And we're, we're the whole reason that this was brought up with you got Dale Earnhardt Jr. Right. Junior Motorsports. OK. The at the end of the day. The Earnhardt name is NASCAR royalty, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. is an icon in the sport. Even though he's not racing anymore, right? He's got his one Xfinity race a year, but I mean, other than he's not racing anymore, right? But he is a car owner and an icon in the sport. And you have a team, right? His team that they are considering going into Cup, and they don't know when they're going to be able to even do that because of the financial aspect of it. And that's a big problem. That's a big problem in the sport. Yeah, it's a it's a major problem. It is. It's absolutely and, a problem. And you know, and I think we even talked about it at the beginning of the, the podcast season that this was going to open doors for new teams to come, and you just don't see it now. No, it, you're not. Like, and I don't think we will. I don't. You, but see, that's the thing, though. I don't know if we will or not. And here's the reason why: it's hard to tell right now because of everything going on with the manufacturing and the suppliers, because that's still a big issue right now, right? Like these teams still don't have a lot of extra parts. If you're wanting to start a NASCAR team, a cup team, right? You know, just getting the components is almost impossible right now. You know, I mean, even Denny Hammond was talking about this where, you know, luckily for them, they're, they can go to JGR and say, hey, look, can we get this from you guys? And as soon as ours shows up, we'll just give it to you. You know what I mean? Like, because they're having a hard time 
with the supply chain getting the components. Now, when that finally gets better and the supply chain issues go away, does that mean we're going to see these other teams coming in and racing? I don't know. I have no idea. But I don't want to assume that we won't until there's been at least a fair shot, right? Because the whole turnover thing is what was going to be the big issue. Um, you know, I do think we will see the cost normalize and come down some in terms of the components and stuff like that once these things are ironed out and, and yeah. figured out more, you know, because they still haven't even fully got this car dialed in yet. You know what I mean? So, so how we were talking about the pit crew stuff mm -hmm. and, and it happening to Bubba and Kevin Harvick. Yeah. I just realized that Stuart Haas changed Kevin Harvick's pit crew before Nashville because of what happened in Sonoma. Oh, really? I didn't they, even know they, that. I didn't either. And I just clicked on, I was just roaming around the, the NASCAR page here and, uh, and found it. They, they changed the front tire changer that made the mistake and the Jackman that made the mistake. So they they got two guys from Chase Briscoe's team and they sent one of their Jackmans completely out of Stuart Haas. Period. He, wow. They moved him all the way to Rick Ware Racing because Rick Ware they get their pit crews from Stuart Haas. Wow. That's crazy. So Denny, do what they're doing. You got to make changes. You have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to because that you can't just keep having that stuff continue down the same path. And in the, I guess I asked Kevin about it at Nashville, and he said we had our minimum once a week failure on pit road, and got back as far forward as we could as usual. It's like a revolving door. It is what it is, I guess. Yep. And they they made the change. Wow. Oh, good for them for for doing it. I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, oh. But what was it? It was a few years ago. Jimmy Johnson was still winning races and his pit crew let him down a couple weeks and they come, they fired everybody. Yeah. And they ended up swapping pit crews with Jeff Gordon. So the 48 took the 24 crew and the 24 crew took the 48 crew. Mm -hmm. I mean, some, sometimes things need to happen. Yeah. Sometimes it, change is it, good. And, and it's not the first time shit. Look at Kevin Harvick's championship year. They used the 14 pit crew from Tony Stewart mm -hmm. because of, well, you're in the championship. Kevin's crew was making mistakes. And when it comes down to it, you're here to win a championship and it's in the, you're in the last race of the season. So they're like, well, let's make the change. And they, they changed it and it worked out for the good for them. So Denny, make the change. Get on it. Get on it. If you want Bubba to win a race, make the change. Yeah, that's a fact. That is a fact. Well, speaking of winning races, we got to change gears here real quick. We got to hop over to the dirt side because our man Sheldon has done it again. If you did not see... First of all, if you missed out on the High Bank Nationals, you just missed out. That was some of the best racing I've seen all year long. It was absolutely, absolutely incredible. Get on YouTube. Go watch the highlights. Go watch it. Yeah, I, I, all three nights. Night number one was awesome. To see Buddy Kofoid win in a sprint car was really, really cool. That was just a cool thing to see. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah, it was, man. And for him to be just so, I mean, keep in mind, this is somebody who has, you know, this is a dominant, one of the best midget drivers. You can make the argument the best midget driver in the world right now. And for him to to be like that after winning an outlaw race is just, it was really cool to see. And then night number two, you have Sheldon going from 25th to 7th or something like that. He moved up like 18 spots. Just something (laughs) ridiculous on night number two. And then night number three, when it counted, when the money was on the line, you saw him literally charged to the front and relapse. I, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And he got the win, scored a hundred thousand dollars, which is awesome. Big and payday. Yeah. Big payday. Car, big payday. Yes. That's a huge payday. Um, in dirt racing in general, you know what I mean? And now Hodden Shields got eight wins on the season. And it's crazy. And he is on pace right now. He's on pace. Keep in mind, they've gone, they've done 32 races so far. They still have like 43 or 44 races left to go. He has a 25% win rate. Okay. He's winning at a 25% clip. That's ridiculous. When you keep in mind, we still have a long ways to go, but when you look at that, you're talking about, win rates on par with the some of the best seasons that we've seen, right? You know, shots win in 25 races, you know, 26 races. Um, even Brad Sweet, where he won, what was it 18 races one season, right? Like you're talking about incredible seasons. And he's just on fire right now. Now, keep in mind, the night before he won, Macedo won. Now, Macedo didn't bring home 100 grand, but that win by Macedo because Brad Sweet did not have a very good high bank nationals. Oh, was he, he had there? some. Oh, my God, man. He, he was. <laughs> and he had some horrible luck. Um, you know, night number the, the night number three, he he at least scored a top 10. But man, he had some horrible luck um, at the high bank nationals. And his points lead now is almost gone. Um, he's only got a 12 point lead over Carson Macedo, 24 over Hodenshield, 46 over Gravel, and 54 over Schuhart. The top five are within 55 points of each other. It's shaping up to be a really I'm I'm so looking forward. I haven't been this excited about a points battle in the Outlaws in a long time. What was it we said a few weeks ago? This could be the most exciting points change. Yes, and I it's shaping up to shaping be up that to man. Be that way, it is absolutely shaping up. To I be mean, that. All, even Donnie shots. Yeah, he he's only one hundred forty-eight behind. Mm-hmm. But Donnie shots being Donnie shots could click off a few few really good finishes. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but it could happen. Yes, hell, it could. Spencer Baston. Yeah, Spencer Mason's I mean, only 150 something behind. I'd say if you're if you're seventh and up, you've you got have a legit a shot. Very very good shot at winning yeah. this championship. Now, and if, I was just gonna say to me, if you're outside the top five, you're gonna need some some luck because oh, you're gonna, to make up that gonna, many points, yeah, you're gonna need Brad Sweet to continue doing what Brad Sweet's been doing. But not only that, you're gonna need the other guys to fall off too. Because and, and when Brad Macedo Sweet falls and Sheldon Hodenshield are on a tear. 
Yeah, and 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 like what what I was just about to say is when Brad Sweet falls off, Macedo, Hodden, Shield, and Gravel pick it up. Exactly. So if you're outside of the top five, you could be screwed. But yes. I've seen crazier things happen. Yes. Will I be surprised? No. Nope. Well, and now, keep in mind when Brad Sweet falls off, though, too, like falling off for him is still a top ten. Eight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's the thing. Like the dude's still incredible. So. You know, for him to be leading the points right now with only one win on the season is insane. Um, that he's still been that he's been able to be that consistent. Um, you know, after Macedo and Hodgeshield each knock off a win at Houston's. Now they've got the end the Independence Day spectaculars coming up. That's gonna be Friday night and Saturday night this week at Cedar Lake. I'm really looking forward to that. It's um, another Sheldon Hodden shield. Yes, it is. Track, so. Yes, it is. Hell, we could leave there with the new points later. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then we we start getting into the, you know, kind of the the summer of money where you've got, I mean, we're kind of in it now. You know, Houston's is kind of like the kickoff to that now with the high bank nationals, because then you've got the, you got the Badger 40, you got the Brad Doty Classic. Then they're going to be heading to Eldora for Joker's Wild, the big one, the night before, the King's Royal, you know, all that stuff. And then you've got the Summer yeah. Nationals at Williams Grove. Got them at Port Royal. I mean, there's some really Iron Man 55 and then the Knoxville Nationals. So you have some huge, big races, obviously big money races coming up at you know, the most iconic tracks that they go to and Macedo and Hodden shield. Those guys are going into it with a lot of momentum. And how, how awesome was it to see Macedo when on the anniversary of Jason Johnson's passing? I know it was, that that, was amazing. Yeah, it was really, really cool, man. Um, I just, Houston, this, this last weekend at Houston's was awesome, dude. There, it just, there's no other way to say it. It was just well, awesome. Uh, that that final night was insane. And yeah. if any of the listeners didn't watch it, go watch please, it. Go at go least watch go it. watch the final night to see yeah. where Sheldon came from. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, there's no way he's gonna win this race. And, and how he passed you everybody. It, you're, like, you're like, oh my god, how yeah. in the hell did he do that? I mean, even even the guys on Door Bumper Clear on their episode this week was impressed with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you've ever wondered where the term you know, shot from a cannon comes from. Watch that race, and then you'll understand what that means. Because yeah. that's what it looked like. He was shot out of a cannon. Like he was. It was like everybody else was. Dude, they the cars in front of Sheldon Hodenshielder. They were not only in reverse. They had the backup lights and the beep beep sound going. Man, like he passed them like they were upside down in reverse. He just yeah, flew like right by shoots. Yeah, it was crazy, man. You would have thought that they stopped. Like, they had all got together and been like, hey, here's the deal. If Sheldon's in seventh, us six are going to just stop and let him by. Like, yeah. that's what it looked like. It was so nuts. Because I had I didn't get to watch the race when it happened. I was working that night, and so I had it set. I was like, when I get back, I'm going to go watch the race, watch the thing, watch the whole thing. And somebody had posted in the Discord server, um, in my SSR Discord server, that, oh, awesome race, Sheldon won. And I was like, damn it, I didn't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like, I was kind of wanting to watch the race. Well, when I was watching the race, I'm like, this person is high. 
Sheldon is not winning this race. Like he wasn't even close. He was like in eighth place with six laps to go or something like that. Seven laps to go. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, oh my God, he is going to win this race. It was insane. The last five laps are, it, it's, it's incredible. It's just incredible. So dude, I think I had, I had to pick my jaw up off. The I, I was literally, literally, I was watching it in my office here. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was literally like making noises. Like I was afraid I was going to wake up my wife and kids. Like <laughs> I was in there like, Oh my God, really? Like I was just, I couldn't believe like it. Watching, I couldn't believe what I was watching, watching it. Watching it. You would have thought Kyle Larson was in the 17. Yeah. <laughs> seriously it, man it was insane seriously. absolutely insane what it reminded me of was the 2007 daytona 500 where kevin harvick came out of nowhere it is and shocked everybody. the world <laughs> and that's exactly what sheldon did yep yep so getting hot at the right time yes he is man yes he is and i'm so, hoping he can carry it through the rest of the summer yeah uh, ricky stenhouse really you you might have gambled on a kid that might have not have been so great back then, but damn, you hit you hit a diamond in a rough. Yes, with him. yep. I'm I can't wait to go to Gold Cup. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try to actually hit a couple of the West Coast Swing races. Um, when they do Skagit up in Washington, I I actually have a lot of family up there. I want to go up there, Ooh. visit my family, and then go catch a couple nights of Skagit, and then come back down the following weekend for uh the gold cup and so i'm really i mean i'll be a gold cup regardless but i'm hoping to catch skagit as well so i'm really really looking for um looking forward to to that because if all things keep going the way that they're going right now it should be a really really uh exciting points battle because it's it's shaping up to be incredible right now and and man what a, what a what a year for the outlaws. Yeah, it's been an awesome one, man. Not not only just the sprint car, the wing cars, the non-wing cars. Yeah, all of the, it. The dude. midgets with Jadad Avedesian being the first female. That was awesome, national dude. midget winner. That that's that was amazing. so cool. That was so cool to see her win, man. And she put it on him, dude. She ran a freaking oh. awesome race, man. Well, and, and and here's the new conversation because Taylor Reimer was handed the win for Millbridge with Canna McIntosh's tire failing. Mm-hmm. Nothing new there. <laughs> and and now the new discussion is who's the true winner? Yep. Out of the two females. Well, I'm sorry, Jade outdrove everybody. Everybody. Yeah, she. So therefore, my she's the first female. Yeah. I'm sorry, Taylor Reimer, but. That was a that was a hell of a race to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was, man. I watched that race, um, and it was, it was a good one, man. That was really, really cool to see. And yeah, like you said, you know, it's just not, not something you see. So I, I threw up the highlights of this past week's race at Houston's, the uh, one where Sheldon won with four to go. Sheldon was in seventh. Ex- that exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. It was insane. Insane. I wonder if they had some NOS hooked up to that car. They must like... have, dude. They must have. Like, like we were saying before the podcast started, everybody was running the bottom because at the time the bottom was the fastest line to be in. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like guys were like, oh, we'll just stay on the bottom. And Sheldon's like, nah, screw this. I think I can make the top work. And yeah. He 
<laughs> you know, when you go to, when you're in seventh, right? What do you have to lose? Right? What do you have to lose? And and that's something that doesn't get talked about enough in the in the sprint cars. Um, you know, most people, your average race fans, they don't think of of dirty air or aerodynamics as something, you know, they know that those cars have got wings and they get downforce from them, but dirty air can have a huge effect on those cars. And if you can get out in clean air just by moving up up to the high group, you know, to the to the cushion and you can get that kind of run all of a sudden, just because your your speed is so much more, and then you've got clean air, the the grip that you can get is it's twice what they're going to be getting on the bottom, especially when you've got cars all around you. And he just walked them, man. He yeah. just walked them. So, like when when me and Wade went to Bristol last year for the Bristol Nat Dirt Nationals with the uh, the Outlaws with the wing cars. I've never truly sat down and paid attention to the dirty air factor till then. Cause you could physically see the difference between somebody riding behind somebody in the dirty air to mm-hmm. somebody ripping the top. And it was, I bet it was a 10 mile an hour difference. Yeah. It has a insane. huge effect. It has a yeah. huge effect on those cars, man. It really does. And when you're at a track, like, you know, a track like Houston's right. You you've got this high bank. It's a three eighths mile, but it's still a crazy fast track. And you know, Sheldon just hung it out there and was on the throttle, and it paid off. Paid off in a really really big way. So, yeah, it was an awesome awesome race, man. Definitely one of the best dirt races I've seen, not just this year in a long time. It was incredible. So yeah, congrats to him and. Um, also to Carson Macedo for the night before, and then Buddy Kofoid on his first outlaw win. Like I said, the high bank nationals was just an awesome weekend of racing. If you like sprint car racing and you didn't watch those, go back and watch them. Go just go back and watch them. It's, it's yeah. worth it. You, you won't be disappointed. No, you won't. It was incredible. So, so yeah, independence day spectacular, uh, this Friday and Saturday night at Cedar Lake speedway, which is a really cool track. Another one of those tracks that I like, um, it's another high bank that's not a half mile it's like i think it's a three eighths or four tenths or something like that so should be some good race in there and we'll see if uh brad sweet the the defending three-time champion and current points leader see if he can bounce back after a horrible weekend at houston so uh he's gonna need to turn some things around otherwise he's gonna be he's gonna be out of the points lead fast yeah like really fast. Yeah. He better not blink. No, because it, it'll happen quick because those guys are coming. They're catching they're catching fire at the right time. So but you guys, that's gonna do it all for this week's show. Um thank you very much as always for joining us. Now, really quick before we go, a uh, couple things. Um as always, please share, follow, download, subscribe, all that other good stuff that you guys do for us um keep doing it you know the grassroots movement growth whatever you want to call it organic i don't know but it's 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 happening and it's it's because of you guys so you know me and keith really appreciate that so thank you um but also next week we will be off there will be no pod next week um fourth of july is obviously monday but because of the holidays um and 
me and Keith have got some crazy schedules with our work due to the holidays. And then also my son's got his all-star tournament going on right now. And it's just, there's a ton of stuff happening. So there won't be any pod this next week, but the following week we will be back um, on July. Heck, what is that? July 14th. Yeah, we'll be back July 14th with the pod. So we'll be off next week, but then we'll be back on the 14th. And hopefully when we come back then, we'll have the the video, the YouTube channel, all that other stuff will be up with everything ready to go. So hopefully we'll have all that stuff rocking and set up. But yeah. So you guys, that'll do it all for this week. Um, have an awesome weekend and have a very fun and safe 4th of July. Keith, my man. Enjoy your weekend and your holiday. Oh, absolutely. I'll be sitting in the confines of my work office. There so. you go. I'll be sitting be in fun. the confines of a trailer unloading <laughs> boxes. <so. laughs> but that's no, all I right. I wouldn't have it any other <laughs> way. Exactly. That's all right. So, but all right, everybody. Forward to the 14th. There we go. We'll be back on 14th. So until then, you guys, as always, take care. <laughs>